it took a couple conversations for us to like start putting the the dots together um there's very few like eureka moments and oftentimes if you get a eureka moment it's probably shit Today's show is brought to you in partnership with International Justice Mission. Thank you to Philip Calvert and his team for the incredible work they do to bring awareness to the global problem of modern day slavery. I'm proud to share with my audience that I have formalized my relationship with IGMs for becoming one of their Canadian ambassadors. Why? Because I believe we can end slavery in our lifetime and I want to use my platform to be part of that mission. For many of you, hearing that statement may be a rallying cry. For the rest, it may be a moment of, wait, what? Slavery? Is that even a thing? For me, up to 12 to 18 months ago, it was the second. I did not even understand the problem or that it existed at the scale that it does. Currently, there are over 40 million people affected by modern day slavery. 40 million people. After a chance meeting with Philip Calvert, National Director of Development for IGM Canada, my eyes were open to the reality that poor people face the world over, a reality of violence that stops them from ever moving forward in their life. At first, this made me uncomfortable. Then it made me downright mad, but then it gave me hope. It is support of groups like IGM that will allow us to reach the goal of any slavery in our lifetime and give hope to people who may have none. I know this can be an uncomfortable conversation and that is okay. That's why we're going to go on this journey together. Stay tuned as we host guests from IGM who will help educate us as well as upcoming events that where we can meet the amazing people that make the work they do a reality. Please join me in supporting this incredible organization by visiting and donating to their cause at www.igm.ca. We will only succeed in any slavery in our lifetime if we work together to make a difference. Hello and welcome to Collisions YYC, Follow the Money, Investing with Purpose, a show where we have real conversations with the people who are driving change in our community. And the community we're tapping into today is Edmonton. We're talking to my buddy, and this is a redo because we did have a glitch in our recording, which is irrelevant to the audience, but I thought I'd point it out anyways. Evan Wayne's coming on, co-founder at Order. Is it order.io or just order? Just order. Because I want to add the IO and I'm not sure why. Maybe because it's unique <laughs> from a website perspective. But how are you doing, Evan? <laughs> I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, it's It's been a, a wild time since we last spoke. So I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up here. I've, I uh, I hate, as, as a podcaster, losing your audio is like literally the worst nightmare. And at the same time, you had so many things on the go and you were kind of on the cusp of a few things. So. I think this is kind of a perfect part two, and the audience didn't get to hear part one, so they're gonna they're gonna get a ringside seat. So let's first let's jump in the pitch elevator. What's order all about? Tell us your you know your, your claim to fame, your reason for being, and let's bring people inside the tent here for this for this chat. Yeah, so order um, the whole concept and vision of order is to bring premium experience to everywhere in stadiums and venues, and there's nothing better. I've had the privilege of having this ha- uh, having this type of service is getting something served to your seat at a sporting event um if you're anything like me you absolutely hate lines and you're not going to purchase um more than once um uh, if at all if there's if there's a long line um and like i'm an avid sports goer i'm an avid hockey fan um i'm not leaving the game to go get yeah. food right um now i typically do if i do get hungry or if i want or get or if i get thirsty i'll leave the game um, a little bit before the break, so I can beat that line. Um, but that's when you miss time, the big goal. That's where you miss the big that's play. When you miss the big, and you hear yeah, the, the, the stadium erupt, and you're like, "Ah, oh, shit!" And there's no TV right in your line of sight, and we've all had that experience, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, and like that's the whole that's the whole reason to go to games is to be in that experience of like uh, elated that your your team just won, 
or that team that that guy scored that goal. The person who wasn't supposed to score a goal or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that gets. Did you see that goal? It, and you're like, goal. no, I was standing no, in I line didn't. getting a hot dog. Yeah, yeah, no, boo. <laughs> yeah, I was at the top of the stairs, like facing the other <laughs> way, right? So, like, that's what order is. Is, is we want to make it so that you don't have to stand in line. You get that premium experience, um, but you don't have to pay uh, a premium price for that. Now, right? I see. Um, okay. <clears throat> I use the I use the word premium price. Uh, a little bit loosely because like even the cheap seats on depending on the sports team that you go to um a pair of tickets is gonna set you back three four hundred bucks yeah yeah right and that's a that's a premium night regardless of where you're sitting in the in the in the stadium yeah no events events are not cheap just getting access to the building just getting access to the seat and you haven't had the other things that can add to your experience which is where you guys are kind of coming in to fill that that gap or to to, to take that experience and like round it off. Like I'm here, I want it. And yeah, I want to do all the other things, but it's, it, it becomes very inconvenient and kind of shitty really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, how long have you guys been around? What's your time? What's your timeline? Um, we first launched, uh, I met my business partner, uh, August, 2020, um, within oh, a right couple of, okay. like we had a, we had a mutual friend that connected us. Um, I was going through like pre-flights and startup Edmonton. Um, doing homework, nice. networking, um, met my co-founder and, and he told me what he was working on a couple hours later. He texted me, Hey, do you want to found this company? I uh, co-found this company with me. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Curious when you were going through the, the, the process and the, the, the pre-flights and all the, you know, try to get some ideas going. Did you have a lane or did you have an area of focus? Was it, okay, it's got to be tech or it's got to be sports or were you just like, I want to do something and I'm going to go out there until I find it. What, what was kind of the criteria? Just thinking like the startup people listening to this going, man, I don't have an idea, but I want to do something. Um, I, I had a general like idea of like, I wanted to do a startup and I wanted to do something in tech. Okay. Um, but in terms of like a problem to solve, um, I didn't have a concrete a concrete idea or anything like that. Um, I think the smartest entrepreneurs look for the problems like with the biggest pain points, like something yep. that somebody's like more than one person is um, <laughs> experiencing that pain <laughs> yeah. um, and finding those problems versus trying to like like their best guess, right? Um, and a lot of people talk about entrepreneurship as like an entrepreneur is being risky, um, but. Okay, that's true, but good entrepreneurs mitigate risk. Yeah. And the number one way to mitigate risk is figure out if you have customers before you go into business. And in your situation, when you met your now business partner, you're now co-founder, had he, or he, sorry, is it he or she, or had they, had they done that work? When you said, whoa, okay, like I, I, and immediately as a, as a sports fan, it probably, it sounds like it was also pretty relatable to you very quickly, which is sometimes risky when you identify yourself as the target audience that can be very misleading. <laughs> That's a tra- yes. it's, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, no, it, like it's easy to sell yourself, um, on, on ideas and that's why you need to test it. Now, um, some startup gurus might shoot me for this, but I do think you do need to you do need to do market validation, but that doesn't mean that you have to personally validate the market, right? Um, if there's if there's already 
um, people in the space. Like one nice thing about competition is it validates that there is a market. It right? lets you like know the, that there's there, fertile, there might be fertile ground over there. Yeah. <laughs> right. There might be, it gives you an assumption that there might be a little bit of fertile ground over there if there's other people in the space. Um, and then like you can start doing a little bit more digging. Um, okay. Well, has anybody taken a big giant market share? What are the barriers to entry? Um, are those barriers actually a competitive advantage? Yeah. Yeah. What's the right? look like? Yeah. What's the mode look like? How do we right? keep people, How hard keep is people it out? to supplant you? Yeah. Was this, right. uh, did you see this as an opportunity that was accelerated at all? Because right during this, there was no sporting events because we had COVID. Like so many times I talked to startups the last couple of years and like, ah, this emerged as a thing because of the, you know, rapid digital transformation, the, us being stuck at home. But this was kind of the opposite. When you discovered this idea, we weren't even having sporting events or I, I'm oversimplifying because there probably was some going on. But for the most part, we were already firmly into the lockdown that we all hoped would be over two weeks and two weeks and two weeks and two weeks turned into two years. Yeah. Talk yeah, to me about well, talk to me about that and even just the timing of where you guys were at when you said, Hey, let's hey, let's do this in the in the middle of quote unquote a pand a global pandemic. Yeah. Um I'm a big believer that um in the challenges there's opportunities and like uh in downturns and in in force in times of not I'm gonna say strife, but like yeah. uh disruption. Like I think disruption is probably a better word. Um, in times of disruption, that's when like real fortunes are made and real change happens. Um, and like, and that you can see that in nature too. Like my second degree has a minor in evolutionary biology. Like you don't see change in nature if it's a static system. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So if things don't change, aren't forced to change, things don't change. Right. Right. Never, never, miss, um, never, never miss a good crisis. Right. Never miss a, a yeah. Never miss a yeah, good crisis. That's a yeah. that's a great link there, right? So, um, the other thing that happened, like with COVID, is all, like all the events are were shut down. All our competitors were paused. Um, mm, we were okay. coming yeah, in yeah. and starting. We did not have high costs or anything like that. We didn't have to raise, take on debts, lay people off, or anything like that. It was at, at that point. It was me and my co-founder in our basements. Nice. <laughs> um, making an MVP, pitching our first round of fundraising, um, building our beta, getting our beta done, uh, and launching our beta platform last November. Okay. So, so just a year. Yeah. So you guys are just kind of twelve months. Twelve months of actually this. The idea now functions, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. Now we've done our first year of traction. We did a bunch of pilots. Had really like good success. Really wanted to manage our growth, make sure that our platform was scalable and that we had a systemized way of entering markets um, and that our platform was ready to handle that. And like through our initial traction um, and all that, we've been able to make a scalable solution, enterprise solution, so that now it's, user, it's, it's a lot of user recruitment, engagement, and scaling. Getting people on the platform. <clears throat> From yeah. the perspective of what you said earlier about, you know, make sure that there's a problem worth solving and multiple people want it solved versus just you thinking you've got this cool solution. From a product market fit and, and total addressable market, was that, did you land on that fairly quickly? I'm just curious, like how much iteration there was, like you came to market with this MVP and people went, hey, this makes sense to me. I get this. I think you guys are onto something. Was that a fairly quick, was that what you were hearing back? Because there's going, there's, you know, showing up and, you know, there's sometimes, I, I don't want to minimize it, but getting lucky and being like people having that get it factor really quickly because you did capture the problem and in a way that they could understand it being solved. What was that journey like for you guys? And it's only been 12 months, so it's, I'm sure it's still happening. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every day is always learning. <laughs> Excuse me. Frog in my throat. Um, every day is always learning. Um, so you get new things and the life of a startup is not for the faint of heart. It's like the up and down. For those who can't see, because we've got video and you don't, he was making the roller coaster motion with his hand, (laughs) the ups and downs. No, it's okay. We're, we, we're going to, that's all right. For the uh, the non-visually, we get the privilege of staring into each other's eyes as we have this deep conversation. But for everybody else, he was making some rolling eye movements and, and, and and a roller coaster hand motion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's up and downs, right? So like, you you have to go through, you have to go through that. But um, if you're not listening to your customers, then and listening to the market, then you're, you're going to fail. You're being you're being thick headed for the most part. Um, <laughs> thick headed is a real disease, absolutely. <laughs> yes, right. Um, and so, like we uh, like we we listen, and you do change your business model um, as you start to get a little bit more educated. Now, um, the core piece of it is we're providing NC delivery. Like that, the core service hasn't changed. How we go around and go about getting it. Um, has been a little bit different. Okay. Right. And so, that was from feedback from both. Where, where, where did you get the most powerful feedback the fastest? Was it the vendor side or the, or the, and I say customers, cause I understand you guys are in the middle. You're kind of playing that, that, that platform play, but I've got the person in the seat with a credit card and I've got the, all the potential vendor partners, depending on the venue that have to get on board with this. Cause they all have to unite in the middle. Where did you, where did you get the pushback or where did you get the most valuable feedback? Let's maybe ask it that way uh, early on. Yeah. So definitely from the stakeholders of the venues, like um, because we're B to uh, B to B to C. Yeah. Um, and if you are listening to this podcast and you're thinking about being a B to B to C, a good allegory for uh, the life of a B to B to C founder is, um, Sisyphus. You're just pushing a rock up a mountain only for it to be <laughs> rolling down by the next day, by overnight, and you have to do it again, right? Um, just like having decision makers in between you and your like your end customers um, can be can be frustrating, but you you learn a lot in it. And like the typical B two B cycle is fairly lengthy, right? Um, I think the average is between nine and eighteen months. Yeah, and I think the, the latest sales cycle. The latest stats from Gardner is there's an on average of eleven different stakeholders, influencers, and decision makers involved in your typical mid to enterprise level decision matrix in a B two B organization. I love a good stat, yeah. and I think that's what I've read recently. Was like, it, I would say in some companies it feels like it's more, <laughs> and sometimes yeah. and they're they're fighting with each other, and then they're just you know that's the politics you get into when you get that kind of layers of nuance can be really challenging as a, as a vendor coming into that market. You're coming into yeah, that organization, and, I should say. Yeah, and it's it's talking to the stakeholders and learning from their experience. Because, like, I worked in restaurants from the age of like thirteen to twenty one, twenty two, um, and so like I thought I knew everything, <laughs> which is a very dangerous mindset to have that has been like oh, yes humility killed. awaits that, that right is, around right around uh, that corner eh? <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's in the bible pride comes before the fall right so like um i thought i knew the food and beverage industry and like turns out i didn't what, what a concept right so like <laughs> i personally have adopted uh, a mindset of like i'm always learning and there's somebody smarter than me and i want to listen to that person speak yeah, good call. right mm-hmm. um and like it's, it's a very lengthy way of saying something that my grandma told me. You have two ears and one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you speak. 
my mom's was you should make sure your brains are loaded before you shoot your mouth off. That's the one I've been have, have that bestowed on me a few times. <laughs> yeah, that, that somehow that's I think a it's one. in a, sim- a similar vein. <laughs> yeah, and no, like I, the best sales, yeah. the best salespeople listen, right? And then and listen to somebody's problems and then solve them, right? So, um, and like going back to that, in the struggle is the opportunity belief that I was talking about earlier. The struggle that kept on coming through and like our original idea was like the venues will be happy to like hire all these people that they that because uh, they're going to be getting so much more. Uh, they're going to be getting so much more revenue and like uh, and stuff like that. But the headache that is hiring. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one of the first things to go. I'm kind of almost right? a transient, very like event based worker. It's not a full time gig. The training, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. You, I'm just thinking about the amount of runners that you need to have to get that the kind of not last mile, but kind of last hundred meter delivery concept, right? <laughs> yes, that last hundred, yeah, the last mile is a great concept. Yeah, um, the and so like we we really like full, adopted that future of work type of company, right? So uh, we're able to connect into all the already existing network of couriers um, across North America. Uh, tapping into the same sort of gig work, offering a new and different uh, opportunity um, of work. Um, so then, do I, the as, 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 a, as a as a courier, what do you, how do you refer to them? Because they're not servers or waiters or waitresses or all those terms. This is like almost a courier role. Would they be engaged by order, or would they be engaged by the venue? Uh, they're uh, a con- independent contractor engaged by order. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. So a part of the business you probably didn't see yourself getting into 14 months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like that's mm. a headache. Like I'm not going to, like, I'm not, I'm <clears> not going to lie. It's, a, it's more it's variables. A challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of variables, um, and everything like that, but, um, it allows us to solve a big problem for our venues and it becomes that value that they see. Right. I do love um, the concept of like, oh, we're going to give you all these sales, but you're like, well, that's actually not our core problem. Uh, incremental sales increase would be great, but we actually have a bigger staffing problem than we have a bigger, than we have a sales problem. And I love yes. the like, whoa, you know, what problem are you actually solving here? That's, that's when did, did you guys resist that insight or when it hit you, did you latch onto it? Um, I was a bit like, it took a couple conversations for us to like, yeah, yeah. Start putting the the dots together. Um, there's very few like eureka moments, and oftentimes if you get a eureka moment, it's probably shit. So, <laughs> Evan, I enjoyed your honesty the first time we chatted. I enjoyed it even more the second time. <laughs> yeah, like, most yeah, of the but eureka like, moment is probably everything. shit. Evan quote of the day. I got some good quotes. Today, <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> yeah, yeah. Like every time you think you've solved everything you haven't right like it's Ugh, it's it's yeah. not a good thought like that I, like i've really adopted the test the thought out sort of idea because like most of most of the times your thoughts are bad but like sometimes they're good um, and hey and just hey i don't want to skip by that what's your what's what's your test of thought out do you have a matrix for that do you like have certain people in your life you run it by and they look at you like you've been drinking like what what is the test of thought like what is that what is that do you have a formula for that because i'm sure a lot of people are waiting to write that down right now <laughs> yeah. well uh first i i talked to my wife and 
um, I, I, uh, like, Hey, here's, here's an idea. And she'll be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Or like, that is total garbage. Don't do that. <laughs> like she's very honest with me. So like your advisors, my... people you trust are critical in, in the decision mm-hmm. matrix as an entrepreneur, as a business owner at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, for, like she's, she's the first person I'll, I'll lump a, uh, lump an idea at, and then I'll go to my business partner. Um, and then I'll go to, uh, my, one of my mentors and, um and go go through that shop, and then shop, shop it, it around shop it around a bit to some trusted advisors yeah that aren't, that aren't yeah. scared to and tell then, you you're full of shit <laughs> yeah like i should say like most of my bad ideas come at like 3 a.m in the morning um and sometimes like i said there's sometimes they're good but like um most of the time like when i wake up i'm like yeah that's not gonna work but like that, uh, if it think if it gets if it gets past that, yeah, that's not going to work. Um, then I talk, and then I go through that matrix and stuff. But um, I, I appreciate having people in your in your circle that you trust because being an entrepreneur, being a founder, those can be very lonely roles. And I certainly talked to a lot of people on the show, and that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I hear from people. They're like, get a peer group, get people you trust, get people with different perspectives that don't always agree with you. Or if not, you want it'll facilitate less bad decisions too. It's a little bit less lonely. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, um, the testing, the idea kind of came up like, do you know who Mark Randolph is? No, I don't actually. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of Netflix. Okay. I was like, I feel like I should know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually got a podcast called that will never work. Oh, nice. And he has a theory that most good ideas are actually like most good startups are and good ideas are actually bad ideas. Right. Uh, and like their whole premise of Netflix and like, I think this is an episode one of his podcast um, with the whole premise of Netflix is it's like, hmm, I wonder if I could get my rentals mailed home. Right. And then him and his co-founder, like the, him and his co-founder were like in a movie rental store. I don't know if it was a blockbuster. That would have been funny. Uh, yeah, but, I like, know that, that, that is the, I've, I've used those, those anyways. Yes. That, that's, that's a great example of what, the customer centricity that they were trying to solve or the problem they're trying to solve versus Blockbuster just trying to get more money from late fees. And there's a nice, there's a bunch of nice little stories around all that. Yeah. And so like, and then like their idea of a test was, well, how long does it take to mail a DVD home? Like how long does it take? And so they, they actually bought a CD and mailed it to themselves to see if that was feasible. That was their first test. Right. They bought a, a CD, mailed it to themselves, and then okay, and then they start they started going down that path of testing it, um, and like it doesn't have to be an expensive test. Like it could be a tweet, it could be a Facebook tweet or a Reddit post, right? Um, or go through a subreddit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go through like if you're into SaaS, go through a subreddit and see what people are talking about. Like what pains do they have, and then pick one. You probably like if you go if you spend a couple hours on Reddit, you probably could find one, right? Um, and then you just do a little bit of testing. Make a landing page. Make a mock-up. Hey, would you use this? Right? It doesn't have to be intense. Cur- curious about just even that journey. You wanted to do something in tech. I'm correct to say you didn't have you don't have a tech background formally. Is that correct? Um, I used to be a I was a computer science teacher. Okay, you were so, okay. All right, okay, cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I couldn't I remember thinking, when we chatted about the roles in terms of the partnership and who had more of the technology background versus didn't, and you know that because I know a lot of people that are like, 
I don't really have a tech background, but yeah, I want to solve problems involving technology and it could be a struggle for some startup founders. So sorry, I, I apologize. I couldn't remember. What, no, your, what your no, it's fine. Um, Wait, which one of you core, had more of that role, but yeah, that's actually a core tenant of like my journey is becoming a teacher and um, also being a computer science teacher. I, I don't have a computer science background to believe it or not. Um, I, my first degree is in uh, biochemistry. Uh, my second one is in is education with a history and evolutionary biology focus. I think that's right? a perfect that's the perfect formula for a startup founder for sure. <laughs> exactly, that, that's Everybody the beauty about there. There is college. no formula. There is no formula. Yeah, there is Be- no formula. <laughs> yeah, and like I like my my career path has always been testing different ideas. I never grew up having like a super big passion. I had lot, lots of little interests. Um, but nothing was like, yeah, this is my life's purpose. And like, I remember having a whole bunch of anxiety in high school, like grade 10, I had a panic attack, um, in the middle of a career fair, like in front of 1600 people. And like, if you want to win friends and influence people, do not do that. <laughs> um, I'll buy, like that. Not, I'll buy that. It is not good for your it's not, social it's not standing. A, it's not a forgiving environment. <laughs> no. No, you, no, you're, you're now that teenagers. you're now that guy. Well, oh, that was the guy that had the freak out. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not yeah, kind. He started not crying kind. in the middle of the gym for no reason because he didn't know what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. So, like, um, like test things out, try different careers, do all those different things, right? Um, but I was also like interested in like I did a design class in high school. Um, I learned HTML and CSS because of MySpace, um, customizing my profile and like learning the logic of um programming and coding learning that through through uh, myspace which is hilarious because um i actually emailed myspace like years ago to like could you please delete my stuff and they did <laughs> so, oh nice uh, usually yeah. usually th- those are not very responsive emails you get much back from on those kind of things <laughs> yeah um but anyway, so I, I learned no, I, that. I, um, I do appreciate the eclectic background and trying different things and exposing yourself because like learning how to think and learning how to be curious and to test stuff, like that's one of those kind of core competencies that don't always yeah. ladder up to a specific career in a specific direction, which is what our system yeah. tries to jam us into. What do you want to be when you grow up when you're 17? I can't believe you didn't have an answer, Ivan. I was really disappointed in you. I know, like... <laughs> Oh yeah, don't shows uh, potential but like, doesn't apply himself. <laughs> exactly. Well, and so many people are like, don't get a tattoo when you're 18 because you don't know what you're gonna like in 30 years. Well, but pick a career. <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> Definitely don't get a low back tattoo. Um Yeah, don't get <laughs> I'm gonna pivot a, I'm gonna pivot a little bit yeah. here. Talk to me, talk to me about funding. You guys got this thing going, two guys in their basements, maybe a little bit of bootstrap. Um, I do want to bring in the shameless introvert because I think maybe that ties into it's a comment you said last yeah. time, which I love. I still see that as your blog or some, something in your life is going to be around that. But also, I think you really use that to your advantage of reaching out and how you kind of built some of your funding. Talk to us a little bit about how did you put some money in the coffers to drive this thing forward? Yeah, so we did a first little round of like family and friends um, where we were... Uh, just approaching people that uh, that were in our families and be like, Hey, this is an opportunity. Um, like this is what we're working on. I really don't want your money if you can't afford it. Right. Like, well, I told, I, we actually said no to a bunch of people who wanted to invest. Um, and like, that doesn't mean that I wasn't in co- confident in myself, but, um, they had to be able to like put, if they were able to take that money, put it in a trash can and light it on fire and be okay then I would we we were gonna be comfortable with, with taking their money. Right. Um 
And like, I would still feel bad if I lost their money and I still had utmost confidence that I was no, going to... Knowing but, that it's okay to lose it doesn't mean no one's, anyone's planning to lose it. I think there's a difference. Exactly. I think, oh, if you put that money and you lost it, you wouldn't care. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to care, but does it have material and negative impact on my life? Exactly. That's, that's the question. <laughs> right? And like, we had people who were like, I'm going to go take a loan. I'm going to borrow from my parents. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. No, not going to do that. No, not at all. Because it's far too risky. And like, yeah... You're probably going to hate me later on when this becomes like a big thing. But like if it in, in the chance that it doesn't, I don't want like like five grand to you at this point. Like is and that was like where we were at. People were putting in like five grand or less um, in some in some cases. Right. So like five grand to you could be five years of savings, 10 years of savings, depending on what your life is. Yeah, right? where, like, where, where, where t- what stage of life you're at, of course. Mm-hmm. What stage of your life is that? I was like, I'm not like, and like for you to lose 10 years of savings, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like want that on my conscience. But so we ran, we ended up raising about $107,000, $108,000 okay. uh, through friends and family. Um, got our uh, beta version our, uh, that was um, functional, purchase, purchases were able to be made, um, everything like that. Um, we got that made with that first round of capital. Um, in the meantime, like talking about the shameless introvert, I am naturally introverted. I'm not a natural salesperson. Um, I think I'm actually fairly decent at sales. Um, but, um, it's not natural. It's a, it's a learned thing. Um, because that's not what I want to do. I don't get my energy from people. I get energy by resetting and being alone people overstimulate me right so and they, <laughs> they exhaust me um so um but a lot of it is fear and like fear of rejection mm-hmm. and the mentality shift for me uh came from just understanding like they're just people right they're um and if you can help them solve a problem they're going to want to listen to you Right. Most people, they don't really care about you. They care about what you can do for them, especially in the business world. Right. And so, like, if you have a problem that you're solving, an offer that you have for them um, and that and you believe in yourself, like it doesn't matter who you're contacting. Right. So, like, um, my co-founder, he sent a Facebook message to um, uh, our lead investor now. But uh, just like, hey, I heard you on this podcast. I really liked your perspective. I would love to set up a chat. All right. And in that call, we asked him for mentorship. Uh, we ended up talking with him for um, several months, like once or twice a month. Like, hey, this is where we're at. What do you what would you do in this situation? And he's he's had like three unicorn startups. So um, a, fa- a, fairly, a fairly strong mentor to have. <laughs> fairly strong mentor to have. Um, All because somebody just reached out on a podcast to, to somebody you heard because it's just another yeah. human at the other end. And I, I love exactly. how you guys created a framework to, de- to destigmatize. And it's yeah. amazing how many people, like people are geared to help. I think more than they're not. Because certainly if I can think about the amount of times I've reached out to somebody or, hey, can you introduce me? Or so, 95% of the time it's a yes. And if people reach yes. out to me, they're like, oh, I was kind of scared to call you. I'm like, Why? I'll help you out. If you yeah. want an introduction, I, sure, of course I'm going to help you. <laughs> I yeah. can't even think of the times like, God damn, no, why did you call me? Like, it just doesn't work that way. But we have, but yeah, we tell us, we tell ourselves a story. <laughs> we tell ourselves a story. What's that? Yeah. Those are telemarketers. That's the only thing. Well, you know, I just click, I just hang up. I don't even, yeah. yeah. Or, or sometimes I want to well, have a little fun with them, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, so like we did a cold call, like cold email to Jordan Belfort 
uh, Wolf of Wall Street as well. Like my, um, like, hey, this is what we're looking on, working on. We'd love to get a. He called us at like nine p.m. at night. <laughs> so like we're at a we're in like and we talked to him for like an hour, right? And he was in like Florida at the time, so like, it would have been like we talked to him till like midnight. Yeah, yeah. So right? he called and you eleven eleven his time. Yeah, I yeah. called it. I uh, just called us at eleven o'clock at night, and so like the. That was like the first because that's like, when oh. he had a minute and you were on his mind, so he called. Like that's how that goes. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, those things like kind of like oh, okay, so it really doesn't matter if I get a no, right? Because like if the worst they can say to me is no, um, well, really the worst thing they can tell me is to fuck off. But like, yeah. <laughs> um, but like that, that's, that's not, just that's just no with a little cares? bit of stank on it, right? That's all. It's just a different kind of no. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? And like, and like to borrow off of Jordan Belfort, a good salesman or salesperson, uh, knows that you need to get past three to four no's to get the yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And how do you get past no's? Well, you listen to them and ask them questions and figure you, out you, where you don't, like, you don't do it by not having a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Right. So like, and the only way to have that conversation is to reach out. So, yeah, um, you just talk to people. Right. Talk to people, reach out, shoot your shot. doesn't matter. Right. If they say no, whatever their loss. Um, but you end up, you end up being more or less successful, more successful, the more times you give, uh, the, the, it does a become a bit of a volume and you become better at it. And just to, we skipped yeah. over a little bit, but your primary investor now, who was your mentor kind of makes me, reminds me of the old joke. Like if you want advice, ask for money. If you want money, ask for advice. You know, kind of. Yes. Through, I think you you told the story on the last one, so I'm I'm cheat sheeting a little bit. But he basically said, like, listen, I'm not going to mentor you anymore if unless you let me invest. Was that? Am I, did I paraphrase that properly? <laughs> from what I think yeah, that's, that's what stood out for me last yeah, time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We called him in like in May of last year, and um, yeah, he essentially just said, um, "Yeah, um, I love you guys. Um, you guys, uh, I love you guys a lot." Uh, I think you guys are going to do great things. I think you guys are doing great things. Um, I'm not going to take your calls anymore if you don't let me put some money in. Because like that's we a, had went awesome. and raised what a, a little what bit a great, of money. What a great phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, if you take any more money without giving me an opportunity, I'm not going to take your calls. I think that's what he actually said. Um, See, that was a super polite, like, polite fuck off. I like that. I like his style yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, he he's an unbelievably interesting guy. Like um, the stuff that he like. I, I don't want to do a podcast for him or anything like that, but like, of course I understand. Uh, no, I just, <laughs> but, um, but we actually met him for the first time in person in August, um, of this year. So like, I, think, I think you and I actually chatted right. Like not long after you had had that yeah. experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like went down to Silicon, he runs, uh, and, and funds, uh, um, a comic con called Silicon with Adam Savage. Yeah. Um, and, and his like his friend Adam Savage and stuff like that. So like I got to meet one of my childhood heroes. Uh, I got to meet a MythBuster. Got to meet the voice of Mario, and I got to meet uh, um, Ray Park, the, who was uh, Darth Maul and stuff like that. So that was that was fun. And like Ray Park was like that was the funniest because like I'm I'm just getting a signature from him, and uh, he's like I know you, like I recognize you. I'm like what? How do you, you don't know me? And uh, he's like, yeah, you were in the green room. And I, I guess I had I had full access pass because like Rick got us in. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, that's right. I was hanging out in the green room. So then I had this conversation with Darth Maul about how he knew me. <laughs> like, I, was, I love they, it, though. But, but, you, in, yeah, but you, got, but you, you threw yourself into those situations. You put yourself out there. You know, you created that opportunity. And it's, it's so easy to sit back as a startup founder or anybody in any kind of business and wish things were happening to you. You got to get out there and get over your story or your whatever it is and just get in the mix. Like, yeah. that's what I'm hearing yeah. is a universal theme coming out. Like you just kind of put yourself out there and like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Really not much, you know, like yeah. if no one, if we can't die, then really everything else is fine. <laughs> really. That's yeah, the only it, thing that would make it. I can't come back from that. <laughs> I fall off the yeah. side of a mountain. Well, that, then that's done. But otherwise I can handle a little rejection. Like that's just a, that's a reframe. And I think it's a good thing to talk about because it holds right? a lot of people back, right? It does hold a lot of people back unnecessarily. You get, yeah, you get better at it. You practice. It's a muscle. <laughs> Yeah, well, and like I'm now, like I'm now at the point where somebody tells me no, and I'm like, or they tell me to f off, and I say no, and I start like uh, pastoring them. Um, <laughs> you do know, that, you know, like, no is no is not my safety word. That's when I lean in more, right? <laughs> totally. No, yeah. Well, it. no, because like, like especially from the first no, right? The first no is like I just don't want to respond to this email. Like, yeah, of course. Um, I like I don't want to do like I don't want to do any, any more work than I absolutely have to. Is a lot of it. Um, I didn't, I didn't really fully read your email, but I want to be kind. So I'll reply. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is a, a lot of the, a lot of the initial no. And then I, I'll have a reframe. It's like, well, like I take their objection that they gave me and I'm like, well, really? Like, do you mean that? Because like, we actually solved that for you. Like I actually have a solution for you. And then like, I might get a yes or I might get, well, it's really not a good time right now. I was like, well, we're taking, we're, we're talking about next year right now anyway. So like we got time, right? It's not, a, so, it's like, not a good, just, it's not a good time. That's such an easy one to pivot from. I'm not talking about right now. Like what? It's, uh, no, like, we all a little yeah, time yeah, to get all the stakeholders in time. Like, like it's like, what's the, what's the harm in a conversation? Or like I have a I had a VC who told me that that they that they only invest in future of work. Well, a core tenant of future of work is gig work. Like we are gig work. What do you mean? I was like, oh well, we just haven't really done stuff in in stadiums. Okay, so I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so somebody like, you didn't even he, he he didn't get your nose straight. <laughs> that's the problem with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like. I get not being a fit. Like, uh, that's fine. Like I have no yeah, problem. Like VCs, that. they have boxes to check. Um, and like, I would never force somebody to invest in something that they weren't comfortable or didn't understand. Like I do believe in Warren Buffett's like never invest in something that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it might be a good investment, if you don't understand it, right, then that's not a good investment for you. So, um, that's fine. I have no problem with that, but it's like, we are future work. Like, are you sure? And then you start to delve a little bit deeper and it's like, okay, well, that's not really the area of future work that we're focusing in. And like, that's the actual no, right? Um, And then it's like, well, well, I'd love to keep you updated. Would you like to be on our update list? And now they're on a trickle down, right? So then they're getting updates. And and it gives gives you perspective now about different ways to speak. And, you know, it's, it's that constant learning and taking away from like, okay, so maybe I can be more specific and I do love the constant learning and you got to really be addicted yeah. to that when you're in a, in the, I think in any level of business now, but especially as a startup, like if you're not addicted and if you're not really just honest to goodness, curious about what the next opportunity is, like, that's the other thing, like you said earlier, thinking you have the answer. That's a surefire way to fall off a cliff, right? <laughs> oh yeah. And like, like I, I avoid, I like, I avoid conflict. I like, that's my natural thing is I don't want to have conflict. 
I don't want to upset people. Like I want to be polite. I don't want to make ruin somebody's day and stuff like that. So like it's sometimes it's that like learning to push back a little bit, right? Um, and you're not being rude. You just want to make sure that they're not losing. Like I just don't want to make sure. That, I want to make sure that they're not missing an opportunity that they actually would like. Right. Yeah, so, because, because they're going 100 mile an hour, and you're just another email or another phone call in that exactly, window of time. Right. And that's, so it's where, where, where everybody's. Goes on. I always try to think that everybody's busier than I am. And if you go in with that mindset, like, oh, I didn't think about it because they're super busy. But that's okay. Like as as we all are, but you make time for what's important. So how do you make it important? Uh, curious. Well, it often takes. Sorry. So no, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was going to say it often takes seven points of contact before yeah. somebody will res- either respond or be open to the the idea. And like, even for user recruitment for order, we try to have seven touch points. Nice. Okay. Right? Well, like to have uh, people have at least seven touch points before they like have either have an opportunity to use us yeah. um, or during their event, they'll, they'll have at least seven contact points of contact. And that actually came from like, I used to work at Lowe's like, <laughs> um, and the whole like thing with Lowe's is when a customer enters the store to the, by the time they left the store, they, they should have had three to four associates say hi to them, ask them if they need any help. Multiple right? to, not, and that's when you're already in the store. When you think about touch points from a marketing and like where the, someone first becomes aware of something to then actually engaging it, how complex that journey is and how many little moments there are along, along the way. It's so funny. Yeah. Oftentimes you meet with, you know, we do, I'm, I run a marketing company. So a lot of times I meet with, you know, leadership teams. And it's so funny how we think people are going to buy from us versus how we buy. We, oh, I don't mm-hmm. buy anything right away. I don't act right away. I don't respond to emails, but this campaign, it's going to work on the first try, right? I'm like, what well, part of the, how we think people are going to buy our product differs from how we actually buy products. And it's, yeah. there's more complex to it than that, but I do all of a sudden find it amusing. I, we expect as business owners or as salespeople or as, you know, someone running a marketing campaign that someone's going to see your ad and immediately take action. It's just one breadcrumb in a series of breadcrumbs that hopefully makes up a, a, a loaf eventually. But the time that that takes, but we but we expect something that none of us actually believe we do. It's quite I find it quite entertaining, and it comes up time and time again. <laughs> well, and like you think of the physics of it, and like because I'm a bio guy, I like relating everything back to like how things works in nature. Yep. Like we call it the sales funnel, right? We call it a sales funnel, and yeah, if you point the funnel in the right spot, and you get like you might get something straight down the shot. But for the most part, it hits the side of the funnel. It bounces back and, and forth. And it, it goes, it spins around, and then it goes down, right? Yeah. So, like, like for the most part, yeah, you might get that one water droplet or whatever that, could, that goes right down the funnel and purchases. But for the most part, like, it's going to start at the top of the funnel, and it's going to make its way down. And especially email marketing. People think email marketing is, like, you're just going to make a ton of sales. It's the middle of the funnel. Like, like you're... you. The ad is the top of the funnel. The email is the middle of the funnel, and the call is the bottom. Like, like and you only not... and you and you only touch three point three things. There's a whole bunch of <laughs> those are only three things. Hey, I'm There's curious as a, as a bio guy, does the funnel go the other way in Australia? <laughs> That's Sorry. a Simpsons episode. <laughs> um, I just that yeah, just showed up. I thought I'd you know half the audience would be like, "What did you say?" The other half will be like, "Oh yeah, I've heard that for a while." <laughs> yeah, yeah, goes the other way in Australia. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, you, you and I can philosophize all day, my friend. I anyway, love it. I enjoy it. Yeah, that's, hey, that's what, 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 what's, what's next for you guys? Let's narrow this in. You, 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 you've been banging at this thing for a year. You're getting some traction. You've got, you're getting some logos. You're getting some names. We had to push this call this morning because you had a call with a very reputable name in the, in the sports industry. What do you guys see? What's the next kind of 12 months look like for you? Or maybe 12 months might even be too long. What's the next three to six look like? 
Yeah. So uh, right now we are working on um, um, a, fee- a new piece of tech. Uh, I know, like, that's a big thing, but like uh, in startup land and tech, yep. like the founders are obsessed with tech. Um, I'm obs- like right now I'm obsessed with like with marketing. Um, I'm obsessed with the operations and and getting like enrolling everything out that we've built properly. That's where like my focus is most most of the time as well as sales. How many um, clients how many clients or how do you guys gauge your numbers? Is it number of venues on board versus number of users? Yeah, so it's it is real estate and and users. Like okay. uh like the, but one is related to the other. Of course. D- directly right? correlated. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so right now like we're focusing on real estate and and a land grab and finding finding yeah. venues and makes sense. uh right now like we have some pretty key partnerships um i don't know if i can announce it yet okay but, well like, <laughs> all right well don't put yourself in any jeopardy but you please send me yeah. the information whenever i'm happy to share because i love these i love yeah, so i love sharing the where, 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 where where's it. order now stories updates yeah. to my channel for sure <laughs> yeah i can allude to it yeah so like we we have a we have a, a partnership um agreement with a, a major venue operator and provider in north Amer- in the north american space yeah. um to be part of like their group of solutions um so that gives us access to over uh 200 venues throughout that oh, whole nice. entire network so we're nice. like we're rolling out uh and negotiating with like i believe 30 of them 30 or 40 of them nice um and then we have another uh deal with uh, a concession provider uh and they're a large and prominent concession provider um and that are these deal, in are these in u.s or canada or just are, are u.s these and north, canada okay they bridge the yeah, okay. yeah. u.s and canada um nice. and in that one um this new piece of tech is part of that deal um we're coming out with a uh, web application which allows us to put our experience um into team apps mm. as well um, we've got a couple NBA franchises that are looking for, uh, and like that one has a few hundred, like, like, I believe they have a few thousand venues worldwide, nice. um, that we'd have access to as well. So, um, like with that, so there's really right now is the sky's the limit. Um, we're, we're hitting a growth mode. Um, and like, I, I like to dream big. I, I'm really practical and pragmatic in, in what I think about and like how I act and what uh, what i actually believe but like there's a there's a real strong possibility by the end of this year that we could be a a, a very valuable company That's awesome. um by the end of 2023 um and then like we have a couple nba franchises that are looking to start this season uh we have uh, about six to ten mlb teams um that are interested in using order or have said that they want to use order uh, next season um as well as uh, we had We've had a couple NFL teams phone us and ask us for multi-year deals, um, doing a site visit uh, next month with one of them. Um, so yeah, like things are accelerating uh, quite a bit. Um, like I like to call us a no-brainer, right? Um, I like to call us a no-brainer because we don't, right? Like we we come alongside as a as a true partner with our with our venues. Um, to help them sim- sell more money, uh, sell more things, and make yep. more money, and like for our fans, we're we're giving them an experience. Like I've had like uh, I've had parents come up to me um, at venue, uh, events that I've been in, and they've gotten in seat delivery, and they're they're like, I I just can't thank you enough. My kids think I'm a rock star. 
they're like, who the heck nice. is VIP? Heck my, my, yeah, who's my parent? Like, why are they getting something like delivered to them? Like, what the hell? Like, That's where hilarious. did this come from? The secondary right? benefits you don't even, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, the hearts that, and that minds isn't like good marketers. Like, as a marketer, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. Good marketers don't sell products, they sell feelings and experiences, experiences absolutely, yes. right? So, yeah. Like that's our experience is to like feel like the most important person at that game, right? That's feel awesome. like you're you're valued, right? And like you can't you you honestly can't put a price on that. No, and and, and, and humans and we're not we're 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 complex, but we're not that complex. Make us feel good, yeah. and like the world is yours, right? <laughs> exactly, right. Oh, Evan, I appreciate your passion and your enthusiasm. I feel like I'm this feels like a kind of a part two, even though the audience didn't get to listen to part one. But the journey yeah. and kind of the philosophy and just, you know, I can hear the learning and hear the humility, but also hear the passion and drive. Like it's a fine balance to believe enough in your crazy scheme to drive it forward, but be humble enough to constantly learn when stuff shows up. And that's a tricky balance sometimes because, you know, normal people don't do abnormal things and you've got to have a bit of the bravado, but also the openness to know that you, you're probably wrong at any one time. And that's a, yeah. that's a delicate balance. Or certainly in my journey of life, it took me a few years to kind of catch up with myself on that one and go, oh, you actually know nothing but you have the confidence to go and figure that out. That's a good thing. When you're younger, yeah. it's not quite that way for me, but I do appreciate that a lot of the business owners I've met, the ones that are most successful have both. The ability to drive forward yeah. unrelenting, but also the ability to go, huh, well, I guess I was wrong. Cool, yeah. new, new idea. <laughs> and that's easy to yeah. talk about on a podcast. Sometimes it's hard to do on a Tuesday morning when the shit's proverbially hitting the fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me, that comes from the defense of Socrates, right? Where it's like, I like, I am the most wise person in Athens because I know I know nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. um, right. It's like, I go to, like, yeah, anyway, I don't want to get into that, but, um, <laughs> I, there's a philosophical <laughs> side here. We're going to yeah. have you on my other show. They just get it. We'll just talk philosophy for an hour. And the, yeah, the crazy, oh, cra funny is like when I was in university, a friend of mine and I talked about doing a philosophy podcast and I was like, yeah, no, it sounds like an awful lot of work to have like nobody listen to us. <laughs> so no thank the, you the key to a good podcast is having a conversation that you would have anyways and if anyone chooses to listen that's a bonus that's been my yeah. secret to podcasting success i would have these conversations and no one listened it would get kind of lame and expensive because it does become an expensive hobby but the fact that somebody yeah. listens just justifies my desire to have cool conversations with interesting people doing cool shit <laughs> that's my yeah, podcast exactly. theory right there in a nutshell yeah that's why so, it's successful because um, i never needed it to be because i just having, yeah. the, having the conversation was yeah. And where I see like the future and like my vision, um, is imagine like Roger's place is like right there. So like, I'm just imagine Roger's place. Okay. Imagine if the Oilers, um, could use that venue, like the world's like as Edmonton's largest sports bar. Imagine like if the venue didn't have to be set up in a way that just funneled people through. Right? How could you use that building if they're experiencing the building, right, and not really just kind of making their way through it? And everything is mobile ordering, or everything is in-seat delivery. There's no lines. Everything's on demand, right? How could you rethink these mega buildings in our stadiums and cities? How could you, like, what could you do with that space that would be creative? Like, if you want to go to the bar, rather than standing up just to get to cocktail, what? imagine just hanging out at the bar watching the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I love that, like, I love the the, ref, the the reframe of what if if you change this from someone going moving through it to someone experiencing it, these massive and especially you know back to the COVID thing, people are looking to re-experience events and they want mm -hmm. experiences now. But 
I want it to be unique. I want it to be different. I want it to blow my, I blow my hair back. Well, oh. I have a great TV at home. Yeah, I've got a comfy couch. All my snacks are at home. It's cheaper Complete, to watch a game at it, home. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's not so why. Like, that's why not why I, I go to the venue. House? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear yeah, you. Why <laughs> am I getting out of my house? Right. <laughs> give, and give, me, like, give me a reason. Dude, I dare you. I dare you to give me a reason. <laughs> yeah. And if you have anybody who's listening, it ends up going to like. I'm going to give him a shout out here. If you go to UBS Arena, it's where the Islanders play in New York. Best food I've ever eaten. Uh, boom. Do you gave us a good podcast recommend? You gave us lots of good philosophy. And you're really honest about your journey, which I really love. Anyone who's willing to come on the show and go, yeah, it's messy. I screwed up here and nailed it there. And Evan, awesome talking to you, man. Um, order.io. I know it's not order.io. I say that because it stands out in a way to me, but it's order.io yeah. is the website. Go check it out. Um, dude, it was really good chatting, man. If anyone wants to reach out or have a chat with you, LinkedIn, uh, I know I see you online quite a bit more lately. You're kind of pushing, yeah. I think you're pushing the social media game a little. You're pushing that rock uphill a little bit, which I do appreciate. What, what's the best way for yeah. somebody to get in, get in contact with you? Um, best way is, uh, uh, Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, my Twitter handle is this is the Evan. I'm great at usernames. That's also my Instagram handle is this is the Evan. Um, the one and only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the Evan. And then LinkedIn, Evan Wayne, I pretty much accept every connection request. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm trying to hit a thousand followers by the end of, I see you, man, you're uh, at 864. I will call you out here, but uh, that number could be, uh, I, uh, I've been pushing the <laughs> follower game lately, recently as well. And it's slow and steady. It chugs along, but you got to get yeah. out there and engage. That's the, that, that's the secret yeah. for sure. And, yeah. and so be, be someone worth following. Yeah. Be someone worth following. Exactly. It's not that complicated. Yeah. And like, don't be stuff. afraid. Like, yeah. And like I said, with like, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to post. The first stuff that you post is going to be crap, but you got to do it. Uh, yeah. Right? Practice so. getting the muscle. Well, my, what's my business partner say? Anything's worth being good at is worth sucking at initially. <laughs> I think that's a safe, yes. that's a safe, that's a safe statement. Yeah. Evan, good chat with you, man. Thanks for coming back on. Thanks for doing the redo on it. Uh, it was really great to chat with you. And I look forward to, I, I think I see you and I six months, eight months from now having a kind of an, an update, an update call. So like, please keep in touch. Mm. That'd be great. And uh, let me know when the next uh, fuck up Friday YYC is happening. I will I'll, absolutely. I'll make my way yes. down. Uh, I know the person that uh, just bought the franchise for, uh, just got the franchise for Edmonton. So I'm going to connect you with her. And uh, I don't know when they're doing their first events, but uh, I, I heard that it's coming to Edmonton in the near future. <laughs> ah, looking forward to it. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Have a great one. <laughs>